Hey, welcome to Cedar Valley. Uh, my name's Douglas. And I'm John. And we are here to get the service started for you this morning. Yeah, uh, if this is your first time here, special welcome to you. Uh, we would love to, get you know, love to get to know you better and be of any help in any way we can. Um, so yeah, you can contact us online, hello at cedarvalley.ca. Fantastic. All right. And one of the best ways to stay informed about what's happening within the church community here is following us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Instagram, signing up for our weekly newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. If you want a printed copy, uh, just let us know and we will get one to you. Yeah. So we are very, very thankful for your ongoing support for the work and ministry of Cedar Valley Church um, through time, prayers, service, um, and through finances. Um, yeah, it all goes and helps make everything of what we do happen. Um, yeah, and a lot of our weekly ministries and programs, yeah, it just helps out a lot. So if you would like to donate, you can do so online at cedarvalley.ca slash give. All right. And uh, we've got a few things that we want people to know as far as announcements, right? Uh, what's happening? Yes. So um, youth group, um, our youth pastor, Grant and, uh, Grant and Leslie, they have a newborn child. Hey, so, yay for them. Yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> so youth is on a little bit of a pause. Um, yeah, it's week to week. We'll see where things are at. But um, either way, volunteers for youth would be very helpful and yeah, if you think you can help in any way, both in youth group and in Cedar Valley Kids downstairs on Sundays, um, yeah, that would be a super big help. So uh, let us know. Awesome. Great. Also, Sunday, October 24th, 7 o'clock, there is a church meeting here. There's a couple of key things that we want to be talking about. One is our governance and bylaws about how the church is moving forward, which is really important. And also we want to have a discussion about the potential future of our preschool. Uh, there was a letter that went out last week. If you haven't received it yet or read it in the um, email newsletter, then please let us know so we can get a copy to you. Now, most every evening there is something happening here at the building from different support groups, Bible studies, if you want to check those out, let us know, and maybe you can be a helper or a volunteer in one of these great opportunities here uh, serving the community. Yeah, so we're going to get the service started here shortly, um, being led in a time of worship singing. Um, there will be lyrics up, and yeah, we invite you to join however you most feel comfortable. And yeah, I'm excited for this morning. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be great. And after that, we've got a short Bible lesson for the Cedar Valley kids on individuality. The rest of you can uh, listen along as well. Then Pastor Rob is going to be bringing the message in our Mission, Vision and Value series. Today's theme is Bible focused teaching. Why don't we pause for prayer? Sure. God, we do thank you for this day that you've created, given to us. God, we thank you for your word, the written word. Um, God, this story that you have preserved for us to hear about your great love for your people, which is us. God, as we um, are drawn to you and to your word, um, may the wonder of who you are be revealed um, through your word to us. God, thank you for the church that we can gather um, whether it's at home in the living room or God, um, whether it's together in the, in the building here. God, we just thank you 
for what the church is. We thank you for your word that that is our guide. That's our foundation. So thank you again, God. Continue with us, we pray. Now, just before we get into all of that good stuff, we do have a question for you. And because the theme is on the Bible, John, question, and we're going to ask the rest of you as well. Favorite character, story, book of the Bible, what stands out for you? Um, yeah, I really like the book of James. Um, it feels good very one. relevant, like always. And it's it's really reaffirming, but in also like, I don't know, in a very like firm enough way to be like, no, be better. And this is how you can be better. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's always a good read and yeah. That's a great challenge. And you know what? We talked about this just before um, we went on air here. And that's my same one as well. I find James is kind of my go-to thing. It's yeah, those totally. short little things that just kind of gets yeah. you right here, right? Yeah, totally. And <laughs> keeps us on the uh, on the path following Jesus. So yeah. um, talk about it uh, with your family, with your friends, wherever you are. Uh, favorite character, story, or book of the Bible. Have an awesome day.
Cedar Valley kids, have you ever wondered why, or maybe even been upset that you're not like someone else? Have you ever um, worried that you can't do something quite like someone else can? Well, if you've ever thought of that or if it's ever bothered you, check out this video. It's great. What's your favorite kind of cookie to make? I'm a big fan of gingerbread. I love turning out the exact same shape over and over and over and over. You don't even have to be an artist to make gingerbread cookies come out just right. But the best works of art don't come from a mold. They're unique, original, one of a kind. And the greatest work of all time is you. God made you to reflect a little bit of who he is to the world around you, but he made you to reflect him in a way that's entirely different from your brother, your mom, your neighbor, or even that popular kid at school. God made only one you, and he made you on purpose. No one else in the entire world can fill that perfect spot he crafted just for you. And when you discover who God made you to be, you can make a greater difference in this world than you could ever imagine. That's why individuality is an amazing way to worship God with your life. Because worship is about more than just singing loud. It's all about living loud. Wasn't that awesome? Wow. We are made individually. That's because God made you just the way he wants you to do the things that he created you to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, you are God's masterpiece made the way God wanted you to be so you could do the things that he created you for. No one's quite like you. No one can do quite what you can. That's pretty cool. Have a great day. Hey, we're here with Pastor Grant and Leslie, and they have someone very special to introduce to us. Hello. Hello. This is Adia Fern Miller. Yeah. A little She's baby girl. New. Wonderful. It is great to see her. Now, the last 10 days, <laughs> what has life been like the last 10 days? A little up and down. We're learning a lot. Um, and it's been really good, though. Like, we love her. She's pretty awesome. She's pretty loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think the, the first week, I mean, we learned quickly. It's been yeah. really rough trying to figure out new schedules, trying to figure her needs out, and yep. she's trying to figure out how to sleep, and we're starting to get a few bits of schedule, mm -hmm. scheduling and hope. <laughs> so that's been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Now, what do you know about babies that you didn't know 10 days ago? Oh my gosh, how many times do they poop? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like for real. Yeah, I thought, yeah, what's it, well over a dozen diapers a day. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, just a cliche answer, it's, it's, the whole thing's been better than I even expected. Also harder, harder than I expected. Yeah. I was planning for it to be hard work, but it's been a lot of work. So 
help, uh, really happy to have a good supportive community, people around us too. Yeah. Well, that is great. The church is so excited to see her and in person, hopefully soon, whenever yeah. she agrees to that. But we just have a, a little gift for you here. Just um, my little Bible. Oh, thank you. Here, uh, from the church. Uh, we're awesome. going to have fun reading together. And why don't mm -hmm. we take a moment to pray for her? Awesome. <laughs> Our God, we thank you today um, for your blessing upon us as families. And God, we just marvel at little Adia here. Um, God, how you have formed her and created her. And Grant and Leslie together and their family get to experience the joy of, of new life and living. Um, God, give them sleep and patience. And God, wisdom as parents. But God, so much joy um, at your blessing of their family at this time. We celebrate together as the church with them. And God, again, we thank you for the wonder of who you are and the blessings that you give to us. Amen. Thanks. Thank you. Cedar Valley Church. We are in a teaching series about our mission, vision, and values as a church. We have looked at it and we've challenged each other to memorize and to apply our updated mission statement, which is, because I have it right here, follow Jesus, love people, and invite others to do the same. We have also looked at and wondered how we would participate in the updated vision statement of the church which is, I also have that handy, that the people of mission would know, see, and feel our passionate love for Jesus. And here's how they'll know it. As we offer up our church, one of the ways they'll know it, as we offer up our church campus as a versatile, affordable, faith-based community center open to the city. Like this is, <laughs> that's way harder to memorize than the mission statement. I'll give you that. And I'd say that it's not necessarily critical for you to memorize it. I would suggest though, that you have like the heart of it close to your heart and your mind. Maybe something memorable and easy like this. This God-given landscape, our church campus is for us to share with our community. That's the measurable heart of it. In the same way as we love others because we are loved by God, we forgive others because we are forgiven by God, we share with others because God has been so super generous with us. All right, having updated our mission and vision statements based on your input and their collective analysis, prayers, and wisdom, your transition team went on to work on updating your values statements. And by value statements, this will help us understand 
what we were working on and the construct we had to work with. The value statements of a church are the abstract ideas that should embody. And embody is a key word you're going to hear it a few times today. What truly matters or what should matter to the conduct of the church and the ways it goes about its mission and vision. They can be actual, present day, lived into in nature, and they can be aspirational, future looking, and hoped for in nature, can these value statements be? And usually they're a combination of both of them. Here are the questions we looked at last fall at our mission, vision, and values workshop. What are the non-negotiables in the way we go about fulfilling our mission and vision? What would we do and not do based on how we want to conduct ourselves as followers of Jesus? And then this most clarifying question, if blank, and you fill in the blank, if blank was taken away, would Cedar Valley Church strongly react to its removal? Here's what we heard from you at the workshop about the things that you thought were values. Bible-based foundation for living, meeting practical needs, Holy Spirit-led living, the buildings and the community use of those buildings, inclusivity, local and global ministry partnerships, the teaching of children, worship, and of course, preaching. So if I were to ask you, if any of these were taken away, those things I just mentioned, would you react strongly to their removal? My bet would be that you'd say, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. And so you should. The challenge for the transition team was to sort and put handles on these statements to make them measurable so that we would have some sense of whether or not we were in fact embodying our values or not. Because none of us wants to be a church who lacks integrity, who says one thing and does another, who has their, value car, uh, their values on a card in the back pocket of their chairs on a Sunday morning, but doesn't live them, who is disconnected from their values because it just simply forgets them. Because the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful, says Psalm, rather Proverbs chapter 11, are destroyed by their duplicity. The integrity of the upright guide them. Because whoever walks in integrity walks securely, says Proverbs chapter 10, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. We want our walk to match our talk, even if sometimes we stumble. And we do. It is helpful to have clear vision statements to guide us in our Christian walk and meaningful questions to keep us on track. It's with all of this in mind and in our hearts and with your input that the transition team updated our values statements. And here they are. And this is really crunched in tightly and I apologize for that, but I wanted to have it all on one screen and keep it before you until we focus on the very first one. So they are. We are a church committed to working on Bible-focused teaching. How am I digging into the Bible to know and to follow Jesus as a measure of how that value works out in our lives? Authentic living. How am I living a consistent Christ-centered life with others? Transformation. How has God changed me in the last year? Unity. How am I valuing relationships above my opinion? Oh, that's a good one. 
generosity. How am I using what God gave me to bless others? Inviting, how am I inviting others into exploring a relationship with Jesus? And then finally, how am I welcoming people into belonging? Please notice how these statements are introduced, right? Right at the start, we are a church committed to working on. This is our way as a church of acknowledging that we don't and we won't always embody these values as a church, but they are important to us. And so we are committed to challenging ourselves personally and corporately as a church to be more and more characterized by them for our sake and for the sake of others. This introductory statement for each value is honest and humble. And so it's a good place to start because when we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. So says the Bible in James chapter 4, because as God's people, holy and dearly loved, we ought to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Colossians chapter 3. Please notice how these statements incorporate your input. Bible-based foundation for living. Remember that? The teaching of children and preaching. Boom. That's, that's the very first value, Bible-based, Bible-focused teaching. Worship. That's incorporated into the next value, which is authentic living, as it relates to all the choices we make based on our relationship with Jesus, which is to say, ascribing worth to, which is to say, worshiping the person and the way of Jesus Christ as Christians, including choosing to partner with other local and global ministries, including choosing to gather here and online to participate in communal worship on a Sunday morning. Meeting practical needs. Remember that one? The buildings and community use of the property. That's generosity. Holy Spirit-led living. That's transformation and unity. And inclusivity is inviting and belonging. Please notice that these statements aren't really too far afield from your previous values statements, which is to say that you continue to hold strongly many of the same values that you have held in the past. Please notice the progression of the values. They are not priority sequenced, as if to say that the first value is like way more important than the last value, but they do follow a pathway of discipleship to know, grow, give, and go. For instance, Bible-focused teaching is crucial to knowing God. Authentic living and transformation are markers of growing in our relationship with Jesus. Generosity is an outcome of the Spirit of God at work in us, which is to say giving of ourselves, of our time, our talent, our treasure, and inviting and belonging are key to sharing the gospel, to going into our world. And please notice how each statement has a question attached to it. The questions act to clarify and to measure the values statements. They are open-ended and they sort of assume your eager participation. So they all begin with the word how. These are the handles. Interestingly, after the transition team had a, um, the second or third or maybe even the fourth draft of these statements in the can, as they say, 
and we had some time to step back and look at them a little more objectively. One member of the team commented that they were pretty personal, that they might even cause some people some discomfort. And that is when I think we knew we'd done our job because these statements should be personal and corporate. They should guide our daily lives, but they should also guide the life of the church. They should give us some things to shoot for, like guideposts for us cheering one another along in our spiritual growth. We wondered what people might think of Cedar Valley Church if they were to search us online and find these statements there. Well, we hoped that they would find a church that was trying to take its church life and calling seriously, and that these values statements would reflect that. We're going to explore all seven of these value statements over the course of the next few Sundays, one value per Sunday up to the Christmas season. That's right, just 64 more sleeps until Christmas. <clears throat> but we'll start here with our first one. We are a church committed to working on Bible-focused teaching, and the operative question there is, how am I digging into the Bible to know and to follow Jesus? Leave that there for a second, because I'm moving to the next slide. So before we get to the how, we want to ask why, why do we study the Bible? This may seem obvious, but let's remind ourselves to know Jesus. Jesus said as much when he rebuked the religious leaders of his day for not knowing him, Jesus, as the one to whom the Bible pointed to. He said in John chapter 5, verses 37 through 40, you have never heard his, his is the Father's, Heavenly Father's voice, nor seen his form, nor does the word dwell in you, for you do not believe in the one he sent. Well, and that would be Jesus. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. This would be like me giving you a map to get to my place in Chilliwack and you end up so absorbed in the graphics and the text of the map that you completely drive my bye bye place and end up in campus casing Ontario which is lovely but it's just not where I live so it's possible to diligently study the Bible and not let it point you to the person of Jesus which of course is to miss the point altogether the Bible reveals Jesus from start to finish prophecies and theophanies in the Old Testament his life and death in the Gospels and the church built upon his teaching and his resurrection in the remainder of the New Testament. If we are reading the Bible and it doesn't help us to know Jesus, then we are missing the forest from the trees. Reading the Bible ought to help us know Jesus so that we would be grateful for all that he has done for us and humbled that he would invite us to partner with him in his kingdom of forgiveness and love. Why do we study the Bible? To help us follow Jesus, to know him, but then to follow him. The apostle Paul described 
the Bible to young Pastor Timothy this way. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So here's how the Bible helps. It teaches us. It helps us understand life. It rebukes us, which is to say it shows us how we have sinned. It corrects us. It points us then to what is true when we make a mistake. And it trains us. It shows us how to obey with this in mind so that we would be ready to go about doing good things in his name. This may also be how you'll know if you've missed the forest from the trees that you know a lot of Bible verses, but you haven't let them change you to be more like Jesus. The question isn't, do you know anybody like this, someone who knows his or her Bible really well, but people avoid. The question is, are you that person? We read the Bible to know and to follow Jesus. Not to know stuff about Jesus, like we're spiritual stalkers of some sort, and not to read the Bible and then just do our own thing. Now, on to, and briefly, how we might read or study the Bible. And there we have it. These four points in short. Firstly, study it, to know it, to apply it, and to teach it. And I'm borrowing from Ezra, who says this, he set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. So this is said about Ezra. Study, practice, teach. Like that is a great way to think about it. Read it, apply it, and then talk about it with people in ways that will help them with their own sort of journey. How do we read this Bible? Every day. That's how every day, with eagerness. This is how the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 took in the teachings of the Apostle Paul, for instance. The Bereans, and I'm quoting from verse 11 now, were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. That's not why they read it, but it informed their reading did, their nobility, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Thirdly, make the time. Morning, noon, night, it doesn't matter. King David prayed and reflected on the word of God at all these times of days at different times. It might make sense for you to begin your day in the word of God, to start the day thinking about God and to fill your mind and heart with his truth. It might make sense for you to carve out some time in the middle of the day to rest or to focus or to be at peace. It might make sense for you to end your day with the reading of God's word. Maybe a selection of readings about how God watches over you or your identity in Christ or the work the Spirit of God is doing in you. It doesn't matter. I mean, any time is, is a good time to read and study the Bible. Just make the time. Finally, on this question, how we might read the Bible, how we might study it, just have a plan. You could join a Bible study. You could get a study Bible. 
with commentaries and word studies. You could do a book of the Bible study with a friend or two. You could use a Bible app that offers reading plans like the Version app. You could old school it with a copy of the Daily Bread devotional, which you can find at church for free, or some other paper copy devotional like Every Day with Jesus by someone Hughes by subscription. You could go all hardcore with a Bible, a couple of good online resources like BibleHub.com and StudyLight.org, and a journal to track your learning. Just have a plan. And if you, if you miss a day or two, don't worry about it. Just get back on track. Again, the goal of reading the Bible isn't to read the Bible. As if missing a day blows up your consecutive day streak and that's the end of the world. It's to know and it's to follow Jesus. That's why we read the Bible. And like any relationship, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. I'll say this too, that it's normal to have peaks and valleys in our Bible reading. Sometimes it's easy for us to read the Bible and sometimes it's just not, it's harder. Sometimes we have seasons when we are encouraged and refreshed by our Bible reading and sometimes our reading experience comes out dry and flat. What, what do we do with that? Well, to quote one of my elders, you keep reading. You keep reading because the, reading the Bible at that point is an act of love, a choice to worship, especially, especially when we don't feel like it. It's a, it's a discipline, like loving people when you don't feel like loving people. And hopefully, our feelings will catch up with our behavior. But even if they don't, you keep reading because there's never a bad time to read the Bible. I've been in buddy, I've been in Bible, buddy, buddy groups too, but I've been in Bible study groups. I've done Bible studies with friends. I have a study Bible or two. I've done a number of reading plans on the Version app. I've used online and paper copy devotionals. Not long ago, I finished an awesome study of the Bible through the lens of Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. And of course, I do a deep dive of a text or two every time I get a chance to preach, which is sort of like an occupational benefit. I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this to tell you that all these how-tos have been helpful on my journey of faith and that I have found mixing it up once in a while to be useful as well. To keep my intake of God's word challenging and fresh, even to getting me out of my own ruts. I'm currently using the SOAP method of reading the Bible that my friend shared with me years ago. SOAP, just to remind you, stands for Scripture, that's the S, Observation, that's the O, A, Application, and P for prayer. I love it. I'm working through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I sat down with my Bible on my left, or I do typically, and say, oh, good morning, Jesus. I open up my Soap Lectio journal on my Surface Pro. I scroll to my last entry, then I enter the scripture address for the day. Next, I write down, say, type out my observations from the text, who it's about, what's happening, a kind of summary of the passage. Then I make application. What the text reveals about the character of God. What lessons there are to learn. And then lastly, 
I try to distill my reading into a one-word prayer that I use as a memory peg to keep the passage on my mind throughout the day. For example, here's what I read on Thursday morning this past week. I was in 2 Samuel chapter 9. That was the scripture text. The observation went something like this. Jonathan, who is Saul's son and a really dear and close friend of David's, was killed in the same battle as Saul and his siblings, or and Saul's children. David remembered the promise that they made to each other to care for each other's family if one of them died. He sent a servant to find out if Jonathan had any surviving members, and he did. And his name is Mephibosheth. See, that? Oh, that's such a tough one. David brought Mephibosheth into his care at the palace and returned the lands of his family to be farmed by David's men to feed Mephibosheth's family. Again, really hard to say that. That was the observation portion. A, application. Keeping promises is the way of a man of God is where I landed. So then the application for me was simple. It's questions. Usually, why is keeping promises so important? Do I keep my promises? And before I make any, what promises are worth making? And so finally, the summary word for that passage was promises. We are a church committed to working on Bible-focused teaching. And we're measuring that with this question. How am I digging into the Bible to know and to follow Jesus? This is the first of our value statements. Just as we want to be mindful and live into our mission and vision statements, I'd like to encourage you to take up your values as a church and embody them this fall throughout this teaching series. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the work of the transition team working on behalf and representing the church as they have for so many months and still at it. I pray that you'd bless them for their work. Thank you that you brought clarity and unity and you've given us something for a time now for us to reflect on and apply and embody in our days. And I, Father, I, I know for me, I love to read, so maybe it's easier for me to dig into your word, but I would hope and pray that as maybe the... Mm, I want to say easiest, but maybe clearest revelation of who your son is, that is the Bible, that we'd all dig into it daily and just get to know your son from Genesis to Revelation and learn how to follow him so that we become more like him. In his name I do pray. Amen. Stay tuned for a wrap-up here of questions applying what we've talked about. Peace. Hey, welcome back, Cedar Valley. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, as we like to do, we like to put a little foot leather to our uh, teaching time. And this is that time where we can sort of unpack it a little bit. Doug and I in this case, but we've had other people do this. And it's a chance for you, as you listen in on us, to begin to wonder about hmm, how we might answer these questions yeah. and what it might look like in our own lives and, and to have that discussion. We're just beginning a conversation here. So, yeah. good to have you here, buddy. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, first question, are you, are you ready? Because I already answered this question uh -huh. for you. Because So this is all Pastor Doug. Uh, okay. Here we go. What are some ways 
you've read the Bible that you have been helped, that have been helpful in your journey of faith. In my journey yeah. of faith. Yeah. Uh, the Bible's so incredible, right? Uh, yeah. It just, uh, there's so much there, and sometimes there's so much there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little too much. Yeah, that's how we can feel sometimes, yeah. right? And that's so I think valid. In our journey, yeah. part of it for me is making it personal. Yeah. Um, you know, not just what did God say, mm -hmm. but what's he saying to me? Mm -hmm. So when I read a story or a verse, I find myself pausing. and I usually only read short portions a day because there's just so much there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I try to come at it with, God, this is amazing what you're saying, but what are you saying to me? Yeah. And just, just in little pieces, and then I chew on that for the day, and that, that, that helps my walk. There, there's, a, there's a word there, eh? Like, uh, if, if I could borrow the, meta, the food metaphor, the Bible is a buffet, and uh, you can't eat the whole buffet at once, and getting into a passage, you're, you gotta slow down. Do you, do you do this, too, in making it personal? Do you imagine yourself as one of the characters in this story? Um, if I'm really brave and bold. <laughs> Or honest <laughs> or, enough. Uh, or on the other side, yeah. honest, really, yeah, that could be me. Yes. Know, acting that way or walking from God and he needs to grab a hold of me and pull me back. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I found also, just when I look at the Bible, is it's just not a, a record of events, but really it's, imagine it's a, a love story mm -hmm. between God and those that he's, people he's given to, which is us. And that changes my yep. mind on how I see it. Oh yeah, it's such a good I, point. Yep. It's a love story written by the one who loves us about yeah. how he interacts with us and, and displays yeah. his character. Yeah. It's a great sure. point. Yeah. Let's move to question two. For sure. Um, I, I mentioned this again in the time of teaching. What advice might you give to someone who's like really struggling to open their Bible and, and dig into it? And it's like, dig into the Bible? Oh, it's become really dry and all yeah. that. What would you say yeah. to that person? And you know what? That that's a common struggle. Yes. <laughs> it, so I said that, but thanks for picking it, that up. Thanks for reflecting that. Yes. Even amongst, you know, people who've been <laughs> reading it for a long time. <laughs> but one, one of the things that I've discovered is reading it with someone. Now, oh, often that's your... That's a great suggestion. ...your spouse, but um, even a good friend. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Brad and I, we've yeah. been doing this. It's been years now. Wow. Uh, we just get together once a week. And one of the things we try to do is challenge each other is, um, what are you reading? And we just share that with one another. And, uh, and then, because I need to say, well, this is what I've read and this is what I've received from it, that's in my mind thinking, okay, what am I gonna share with Brad this morning when I meet with him? And, and he does the same with There's me. an accountability there, yeah. which we can cringe. I, I, don't, I don't really like that word, but if you know someone's gonna ask you, it's like, okay, yeah. I wanna dig in, so I have something to share, right? Yeah. But also, I, I, like I go into those mornings with some excitement. It's kind of like, ah, yeah. Brad often yeah. has a different insight. And for me, it's like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't read it that way. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that has really helped me um, just kind of just drawing some, some of the, the That's brilliant. out of the body. Oh, I love that. I, I had a friend who told me a story this week, actually, and she's in a really dry time. Yeah. She's yeah. pretty discouraged. We're all sort of feeling the weight of these times, right? Yeah. And a friend of hers, just sort of, first time they've ever done this as friends, in years of knowing each other, her friend said to her, why don't you come to the river with me? This is in Chilliwack. Sit on the bench, it looks out at the water, and I'm just gonna read scriptures to you. 
Like, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. That's you know, we're, we're creative in so many aspects of our life because the author of creation is our God. Image bearers, and we are. So looking at even creative ways to yeah. consume God's word. Yeah, go to the river. Change your location. Yep. Yeah, e even things like that, just to kind of re-stimulate, you know, yep. that uh, the, the delight of reading. Yeah, it's what we mentioned in the yeah. teaching again. Just change it up. Do what you can to get yourself out of the rut. Acknowledging what Doug has already acknowledged, and that is, this peaks and valleys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we encourage you to dig into the Word, uh, either on your own, at home, even better with a friend, on the river, or wherever you might, coffee shop even, who knows. Again, thanks for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley. Peace. Yeah.